Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives. And I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. On this episode of Carried Away, we talk about shame and secrets we hold deep inside from our past and present. Luckily, I'm joined by podcast host, Brianne Davis-Gant. Her podcast, Secret Life, dives deep into what is holding us back and how to push through it. Let's get carried away. Welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. And today, I'm so happy to be joined with Brianne Davis-Gant. She, oh my gosh, the list is so long. It's just everybody just hold on to how many hats this woman, how many plates she's spinning in the air at the same time, actress, writer, director, producer. And in her spare time, she wrote a book and became an author. And she is the host of the Secret Life podcast, which brings us together today. I'm dying to know about that. Welcome, Brianne, to Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell me, tell me, how, how do you wear all these hats? Tell me about how you even got into acting and all of these things. Oh, my. Okay. Well, first of all, I, the hat I only wore for the longest time, I think it was 15, 10, 15 years was, was acting. I just wanted to be an actor. And it really started at, I looking back, it started at a very young age. I was always playing fantasy in my head. I always wanted to be someone else than who I was, which is not the healthiest thing to get into a business, but it's that's what I recognize. Like I didn't want to live where I was. I didn't want my parents that mm. fall all the time. So I would go into my head and live out these fantasies and play these scenes from movies. When I was very young, I watched, you know, like Jaws and Taming of the Shrew and Romeo and Juliet and the Goonies and all these movies. So I just really immersed myself in movies and television. Um, And so when I got older and, you know, in high school, they're like, pick your career. Like, let's get your career moving. I didn't want to do anything. Like, I was not interested. (laughs) Like, I was like, I just want to play pretend the rest of my life. And so I just decided to try acting. And I got a small agency in Atlanta when I was young. You know, I think it was 16, 15, 16. And I, my first job, it was, I was like, my first audition was Dawson's Creek. And I got this. Yeah, it was because I drove up to Wilmington and for my call back with my parents and I got the part and it was, it was like Ashley hot girl. (laughs) Like she had, she didn't have a last name. She just was like hot, hot girl, Ashley, hot assistant or something. And I got the part and it was like three lines and I got to do it with James Vanderbeek. And I remember looking around on set and being like, this is what I love. It was all these people. Yeah. It was all these people coming together to create this story. And I got to now live in it and be a part of it. And what I love most about the business and what kept me around for almost 20 years is that every time I go to a set, it's like a new family. And there's something so lovely about walking in and everybody's on the same page wanting to create this beautiful thing for the world. And then you get to leave in like a month or like you get like six months off from them. And 
you get to either form a new family or you get a break. <laughs> so it was like, I think all those aspects is why I wanted to become an actor. Gotcha. Yeah. And then what led you into, I mean, a natural evolution is then you want to start doing your own projects, right? You want to write your own things. And is that what led you to writing and directing? Yeah. I mean, the directing thing came out of nowhere for me. It was, it was, I think it was seven years ago. I directed my first movie. And what happened was this producer, I, 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 they were doing a follow-up to the second movie and they were looking for a director and they wanted a woman because there's not much women directors. And she was on the phone with me and I said, why don't I direct it? And I, I was like looking around in my car going, who said that? Like, I never wanted to direct. I never wanted, I even told my husband, I was like, I'm not like you. I don't want to do all these things. I just want someone to pay me to be on set. And then I leave. Yeah. But I have to tell you the moment I, I, I leaned into being a director. I'm so OCD. I'm so type A. I'm so organized that it really played to all my strengths. And when I was on set, I got to like put the acting, the, the organization, the breaking down scripts, breaking down the other characters. And it was like my entire body was on fire. Oh, and that's I incredible. I loved it. It was such a beautiful moment. And it felt like for the first time in my life, I just wasn't like a pretty girl or, you know, like I was more mm. than the outside. And it, yeah. it just like carried me. And then we started producing together, my husband and I, and we have give and take productions. We've done three movies together and it just snowballed from there. And I just, I was sick of walking into rooms and people telling me I was good enough. Like I yeah. wanted, I wanted to like step into my own power and be like, this, these are the stories I want to tell. This is what I have to say. Instead of someone going, maybe we'll give you the job. Maybe we won't. Yeah. You create your own job. That's right. <laughs> it is. It's so empowering. I have to yeah, tell you. That's incredible. And so unbelievably brave, right? Because you have this film project and it's this baby and you've seen it, you know, from the, the go of the first shooting day, all the way to editing, post editing. And now we're in, we're releasing it and there goes my baby. And you yeah. just want the world to accept it and and be like, your baby's amazing. <laughs> and they don't. They don't say that a lot. It's almost like they love not to say it's amazing. They'll pick it apart. But the good thing is I had so much rejection in my life. I mean, as an actor, you're rejected 99% of the time. Right. That a part of me just let it roll off my back, which was mm -hmm. a nice thing, you know. That is, well, and builds up your resiliency, right? And then you yeah. take whatever lessons you learned in the first film and you apply it to the next film or the next project. And it just kind of, like you said, snowballs from there. But I love that you decided, well, if I'm not going to wait for someone to give me a no, I'm going to create my own world of yes and create my yeah. own production company, direct my own films. I think more women in your entertainment industry should do that and not just wait for the call. I hope they pick me to be Ashley girl, hot girl number three. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Because that is not, it doesn't sustain you. No matter how many of those jobs you get, it just doesn't sustain that creativity, especially the older you get as a woman. It's like, I don't want to say those stupid lines anymore. And I was saying this to another actress. It's like, I have literally said the same lines for the last 10 years of my career. And my husband, we were doing a self-tape and he's like, haven't you said this before? I'm like, yeah, like a hundred other times, you know? And I'm oh. just wanting to bring something new to my art. Right. 
And, and gosh, to hear that you're saying the same thing multiple times, can we get some original ideas out there then? Can we really put cast women in positions of power? Maybe they yeah. don't have to play hot girl. Maybe, maybe they can play the doctor or the lawyer or the person that's, you know, the politician running for president. Like, come on, people. Start well, writing what, for women. <laughs> and I talked about it, and I think there's a big article. It's like, if you look at a movie or a TV show, you can count the number of speaking roles women have. It's usually like to every seven of a man is one woman speaking role. And it's wow. like, yeah. And, and, and what, what age I'd be curious too, like that weird, once you're not the ingenue anymore and you're still, you know, too young to be the at home mom. Ding, ding. That's ding. where I am right now. <laughs> you know, like what's the eight? And then you're like, well, I'm cast with a guy 20 years older than me and he's my husband. <laughs> we have three kids together like what's happening believe me I've literally lately auditioned I'm like they're never gonna give this to me but whatever you can try you throw stones at the wall to see what breaks and get you through it's crazy I just watched this movie with Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried okay oh yeah I know which one you're talking about I did not know they were playing husband and wife I, when I first saw it, I couldn't believe they were, but then I'm like, it's Hollywood. That always happens. You know, I was like, like you guys need work, but yeah, I was, I, I took me out of the movie completely. I was like, wait, what, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but tell me about the podcast. So you're having this career acting, directing, writing, all the things, meeting your husband, wearing all the hats. And then you decided to come up with this podcast, uh, the secret life podcast. Tell me the evolution of how that came to be. Oh, girl, this is a story. So the quicker version is I wrote this article for HuffPost. Well, the before that, I started writing this book, right? I okay. started writing a book. My husband dared me pretty much to, to do this writing class. And I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD. I am not a writer. And I kept telling him that. And he's like, just write. I know you're a writer. And I'm like, fine, I'll write it. And I wrote the book in 45 days. Wow. It just spilled out of me. And it was about, it's, it's a fiction. It's a Roma Cliff fiction, but it's based on my life. Um, and it's about my addiction. I am a sex and love addict. Uh, I've been sober almost 11 years in the program. And after I wrote the book, they wanted me to write an article and I huff post and I put together an article about being a recovering sex and love addict and being a woman and how difficult that is, especially in Hollywood. And the article came out March 9th. It got a million hits, you know, in the first couple of weeks. And then two days later, the world stopped with the pandemic. (laughs) You know, I had like all these meetings and things going on and the world just shut down like two days after the article came out. And through, you know, everything that's been going on, it was so great being of service. People reached out to me about the article, saying how much it helped them, how much it's, it's used to be a man's disease, sex addiction, and women don't have it, and how it's a fake disease, and all this stuff. Like I got all these emails, and it, I, a friend said, and a producer said, "Why don't you do a podcast about this?" And I'm like, "I do not want to do a podcast about being a sex and love addict. Like that is." I go to my meetings. I'm being of Mm -hmm. service to other people. I sponsor a bunch of people. I have a child, a two and a half year old. I'm doing all these other things. I'm rewriting the book. And that night I went to bed 
And I woke up in the morning at 3 a.m. and this light bulb went off and it said, Secret Life. I have a podcast and I interview other people's secrets, whatever addiction they have, whatever things they've been through. And I give them that place to re- release the shame. And also when they're, re- when they're telling me their secrets, I'll reveal some more of mine. So that it was this idea. Incredible. And yeah. And I said, and it was everybody, you know, depression was going during the beginning of the pandemic and everything was going on. And I said, this is how I can be of service to the world. Something bigger than me. And I got a mic and I said, let me just interview a couple of my friends. And it just snowballed. And I have over a hundred interviews from every single person you can think of walks of life from eating addiction, from secrets of, you know, trying to commit suicide and going into a menstrual institution to shooting themselves in the chest, to losing a baby and being happy about it because it got them out of a bad relationship, to being addicted to reality television, to a meth addict, you know, every walk of life from like 20 years old to 70 years old, I have. And it's, it's just like releasing once a week and just trying to be of service to other people and to give other people a voice. And that's why that's, my husband and I did it. I, I love that. And you're, it's almost like you're giving, it's almost like you're giving them a confessional, right? Yeah. You're giving the opportunity. You're in a safe place, n- judgment-free place, just go ahead. And people immediately, and you have a great tone too. Like you're very inviting in your voice and everything. So, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking I should tell her about that time. I almost burnt down my high school. Yeah, <laughs> you should. I just, just want to talk. You um, should. That, and I think it's like giving people a voice because when I let go of that, I mean, people in my life knew, but when I finally stepped into the truth of like, I'm a sex and love addict and I'm very grateful and it saved my life. This the the day it came out, girl. I have to tell you, I thought the world was gonna end. I was like, oh my god, what I like my careers? What did I do? Blah blah blah. Like all those negative fear, and then nothing happened. Like talk about being self involved. (laughs) Nothing happened. Nobody cared. It was a reality check for me. It was like, oh, Oh. (laughs) but then it was this beautiful like weight lifted off me completely that I stepped into my authenticity. I stepped into my truth and revealing how painful it was for me made other people connect to me. And I said, this is bigger than me. This isn't even about me. And I tell people when they come on my show, your secret is actually not about you. It's about giving the people that don't have a voice that they can connect to and you're being of service to them. It's not about me and it's not about you. And I think also giving people the option of telling their real name or making it most half of them are people's fake names. So no, I just, I, it's just such a, it's been such a blessing to do. I, honestly, I couldn't tell you it got me through this really, you know, crazy time and crazy time in the world. That's incredible. I'm so curious to know all the people you've interviewed mm-hmm. all having different, different levels of addiction, uh, for different, I'm sure, amounts of time. What's something you've noticed they all have in common? Everybody I've interviewed through funny ones where they, you know, lied about falling off a ride at Disneyland to stealing pizza from Jeff Bezos 360 Whole Foods food bar. Like that's all she steals is the pizza. Like 
It's insane. But all the ones you wouldn't think connect, every single one is connected to fear of abandonment, fear Mm -hmm. of not being loved and not feeling worthy. All these secrets we hold are what keep us disconnected from our true self and from other people. And that's what I've realized. And that's why I'm able to feel connected to almost everybody's secret because I've either done it, done a version of it, or know somebody that's done it. <laughs> right, right. And do you, I'm sure when you're interviewing them, after they tell their secret, do you, what's their next reaction? Is it like relief? Is it like shame? Is it like, I can't even believe I said this? what's the normal everything it's everything you know I've had people break down in tears I've had people laugh hysterically I've had people be like "Uh." after we're done with the interview they're like "Uh, can you take out this and this and I'm like I can take out anything or I can trash it like it will never be released if because I want my guests to feel safe but you know every reaction is they're like I'm so embarrassed telling you this but the beautiful thing is when they tell me I normally say I've done that too, or this happened to me and I did this. So I try to make them not feel like the only ones revealing themselves. And when you're interviewing them, did it surprise you about yourself? How I'm sure you have to be very nurturing to get people to tell these secrets. Were you surprised with your your own ability? You're like, oh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I'm an addict. I am the most selfish and self-seeking kind of person. It's usually all about me. But I realized after doing all this work on myself that truly I love other people. But people scare me. I'm afraid they're not going to love me or like me. All that stuff we, all of us humans feel. And I just, but I realized getting that connection with another person on a on a basis of like, we're shame-free, we're judgmental-free, this is what I've done, this is what has happened to me, and these are the lessons I've learned, it just, it brings me so much inner peace and so much a being of service. I'm taking that 12-step, you know, in an AA or any 12-step program is to be of service outside of ourselves. And I realize the most peace and serenity I get is when I connect one-on-one with another human being and we tell our truth and we're both still loved for it. Yeah. Has there been any guest when they've shared their story that um, surprised you? And you, you maybe your emotional reaction, like you thought you were going to be like, oh, I got this. But all of a sudden you're, you're verklempt and you're like, wait a minute, where did this come from? Yeah. I mean, one of the early ones we released from Lisa, it's a fake name, but um, she revealed I didn't, most of them, I don't know their secret before they come on. So it's, it's a surprise to me. Some of them I do. Uh, But hers was she used abortion as a form of birth control. And when she said that, I was shocked. And not in a judgment way, just in a like, that was the last thing I was expecting. So that one was a little hard for me to, to navigate in a way, but, you know, and the one with the shooting herself in a shotgun in the chest, that one was difficult for me to, cause I wanted to break down and cry a lot. And then another one that was really difficult is Ricky's episode that's been released. And it was about, he had cancer and it came back and he found himself in a mental institution. And he takes me through 
being in an institution for four days and what that's like and, and finding a new layer. Cause he had a lot of sobriety. He had, I think mm-hmm. 20 years of sobriety and another program. So those were really difficult. There's ones coming out that are more difficult, but I don't want to say them. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Everyone has to tune in. <laughs> yeah. Tune in. <laughs> and speaking of which, where do we find all this lovely podcast on all the places, all the, all the things, all the things, but you know, I really love when people go to Apple because that's what, you know, the reviews and, and the submissions and really helps us bump up our numbers. So, but you can sure. hear Secret Life on any of the places you listen to podcasts, really. Amazing. Amazing. What, where do you see this going? Where do you want, you want to just keep going with it? Whether we're in quarantine or not, since you kind of landed on this. Kind of- <sighs> well, the book that's coming out in December, my book is called Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and love addicts. So it's kind of tied to that because I'm the first episode that talks about my secret and why I become a sex and love addict in my youth. And, you know, secret life is definitely attached to it. The book, the producers want to turn it into a television show. So my husband and I wrote the script and it's called secret life. So I have episodes for two years, so it's definitely going to go on for two years and we'll see. I'm just letting God tell me how to be of service and when I should. And if in two years, it's still going strong, I'll still do it. If people need to release their secrets, I'll still be there. If not, you know, I'll say, thank you so much. I, this was my way of being of service to the world it'll be done. So I don't really I know. It. I don't have any plans. <laughs> That's kind of exciting too, though. Just go with it. Just well, let, yeah. like, <laughs> we we want to control things, but really, do we know what's happening tomorrow? Because I don't know what's happening I don't, tomorrow. I don't even know what I'm eating for dinner. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Much less tomorrow. Jeez. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm I'm leaving it open to whatever my God has planned for me. I love that, Brianne. I love, love all of this. Um, I want everyone to definitely tune into the podcast. So proud to hear you're converting it to a book, mini series, all the things. Um, would you play yourself if you if it becomes a television show and it get, gets picked up? Would you play yourself, or would you want to be a behind the scenes director? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Do I? First of all. I don't want to go back and look at all the crap I did and have those enacted out and feel those feelings. So no, yeah. the character I made her in her late twenties and I'm not in my late twenties anymore. So no, I have no interest. I mean, there is a character in the book that I would want to play and she's definitely the more sober one. So, but honestly, I just want these stories to come out because they, they really need to help people. And I say this, I've said this before is like, there are more sex and love addicts in this world than ever before. I think people think it's a fake addiction or, or something, but it's you're, addic- you're addicted to people. You're addicted to social media. You're addicted to porn. You're addicted to compulsive masturbation, all that stuff. It's, yeah. it's just like drugs and alcohol, and it's actually more addicting. More people are in jail for sex and love addiction, and they kill themselves over relationships in jail. They, I've spoken at a number of jails in Los Angeles and all the women in there either killed somebody for their hut, their man, sold drugs for their man, you know, yeah. killed the other woman. I'm, I can't even tell you. So this right. is, and if you go to a meeting now, especially on zoom, it's hundreds and hundreds of people all over the world. Yeah. 
wow, this is fascinating. I can't wait to dive deeper in this. This is so cool. Um, I love this, Brianne. This is, you are like one of the most unique guests I've had on Carried Away. Nobody else has this topic, by the way. So if you, well, nobody if you, else wants to talk about it. Right, nobody, so nobody's like, sign me up. Exactly. There's so much shame, especially as a woman, you know, like mm-hmm. a woman, when you say you're sex addict as a woman, they're like, Ooh, and they get turned on. It's not sexy. It's not sexy right. to be controlled by another person. It's not sexy to want power and control of a of another. It's not sexy to cheat on someone. It's not sexy to need flirting and intrigue to feel like you're alive on this world, but that's what it's come to. And I feel like social media and everything that is out there now is making us more disconnected, more like looking for the perfect partner, swiping left, swiping right, and nothing's ever enough. And then on top of it, we have all the filters that we put on top of like not revealing our authentic self. So I just... I became a spokesperson not wanting to be, but it it was a bigger calling than just caring about myself. Right. And just healing yourself. You wanted yeah. others to find that same freedom from healing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's so powerful. Um, and I guarantee you, you will never run out of stories to tell. Oh, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Well, that's so great. So before we wrap it up, um, I'd love to get carried away with you. Yes, this is a little levity, but um, everyone, please subscribe, follow Sweet Secret Life Podcast. Um, It's very, very cool. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. (laughs) Um, But first, since you're an actress and director, I would love to know, like, who do you get carried away about? Who every movie you have to see that this actor does or that this person directs? What's what's your favorite movie, favorite actor? Who do you love? Well, I love Sam Mendes, his movies. Not because mm-hmm. I was in one, Jarhead, but because he's such an amazing director. I mean, I just love all of his movies. So if he does anything, I'll see it. Um, an actor I get carried away with. I mean, I always am a fan of Brad Pitt. I tend to see all of his movies yeah. just because I just think he puts so many different colors. And and Nicole Kidman, I really love. Um, and then I, I'm Meryl Streep. I mean, oh, I, yeah. come on. I, mean, I would be an idiot if I didn't say that. You know, like, like, hey, right Meryl. <laughs> yeah. And I have and a career I covet. There's two people's careers, but the the one I covet the most is Elizabeth Banks because she's mm. directing, she's producing, she's a great actress, she's an advocate for voting, she's an advocate for women's rights, and she works with her husband. And I'm like, yeah. can I just have your career? So Elizabeth <laughs> Banks, if you're out there, please like put some of your wisdom on me, right? And she can sing a dance. Like, what can't oh, she do? I can't sing. I can't carry a tune, but I <laughs> so can do it a two-step. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Liz Banks, hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> we got uh-huh. your girl here. <laughs> um, and what have you been keeping yourself busy with other than this podcast, your podcast, Secret Life, during quarantine? Anything you've been listen other podcasts Netflix what have you been trying to keep yourself busy with well I'm obsessed and get I'm gonna I have gotten carried away with I've watched all eight seasons again and again through this pandemic is the great British baking championship I'm obsessed so good 
I mean, if the news comes on the night, you know, I turn off the news and I put that on and I just go into the baking world of serenity and peace before I go to bed. Almost every night I will watch half an episode. I... I love the tent that they put them in. Oh, like, I love the, everything. They're on the, they're like on grounds, right? Of a castle. And they're like, this is how we bake in Britain. It's, yeah. it's such a good show. It's so well done. Um, I mean, I'm, I've literally watched it probably seven times on repeat all the seasons. Yeah. It's such a great, such a great show. Um, now the opposites, I want to know three things that you cannot stand that people are obsessed with. They get totally carried away with like for myself I don't understand kombucha I like it I don't know what the hell that thing is it's not good whoever is buying that shit it's not (laughs) well I have a couple things that irk me like first of all the Kardashians I'm sorry (laughs) I wish I don't want them to die like I'm not that vindictive but well I am but I'm not telling them to die I'm just saying can you just go away for like ever because yeah. I just feel like they've damaged society. Got to say that. You're probably going to hate me for it. The no, I agree thing, with you. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know watches it. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't like it at all. I don't get Let's talk about this is a family that's used an opportunity from their father who was in one of the biggest trials in the world. We would not know about the Kardashians if it wasn't for the fact that their dad was O.J. Simpson's lawyer. Yeah, which don't even get me started don't on even, yeah, OJ exactly. Simpson right now. <laughs> right? But Ugh. I don't yeah. like him either. Go, go. Bye, bye. See you. Bye. Like, you bye. made your money. Go away now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I can't stand are those orthopedic white sneakers that all the young kids are wearing with this dresses and their biker shorts. I'm like, that is the most unattractive thing. It's so horrible. The last thing that drives me crazy is over contouring your face I just you can it just takes away the natural beauty I don't know and they're like this is my quick five minute face and it's like like all over and it's like first of all that doesn't take five minutes no calm bullshit on that contouring I feel like when the first time I got contouring was for an event and I didn't know she was contouring and when she showed me I was like what happened to my face? Like, yeah. Why is my, like, there's no shadow on me, but now there's shadows. <laughs> yeah. Alarming. And, and it looks okay, but at some angles, but then at other angles, you can see it. And I'm just like, why don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. <laughs> I'm like, what's doing all of this? All of this. My daughter's just gotten into makeup and she asked me, should I be contouring? And I was like, no. <laughs> No, here's some glitter. Have some fun. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like it teaches young girls that what they look like isn't good enough. And I understand makeup is 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 so much fun to play with and to like amplify your features. But I just feel like when you go to the degree of really changing your face, it just puts an image like what you look like is never going to be good enough. Yes, and you have to buy this fifty you know color palette to become the person to become pretty enough. Become someone who's Instagrammable. She's not on any social media right now. Thank goodness. Good. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) um, During this pandemic, she was like, can I just be on TikTok? And I was like, no, (laughs) Um, no, but we can play words with friends. (laughs) (laughs) But then I had to disable the chat on that because there's a bunch of creeps on words with friends. And I had no idea. What? 
so creepy out there. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank and, you for uh, having I'm, me. I'm glad you got carried away with me. Um, everyone, please turn into Secret Life Podcast. Um, it's fascinating. Rand, keep doing this amazing, clearly needful work and serving these people that need a platform, a safe place to talk to. I'm so glad you're the person they get to talk to because your enthusiasm is toxic. I, that's oh. what I'm addicted to. <laughs> oh, thank you. It was really fun. And thank you. Yeah. It just means a lot to me. If you tune in, if you like it, great. If you don't, maybe you'll like another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the next one. <laughs> Go to the next one. They're all different. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if you're listening to this thinking, I want to be a part of this amazing community. Well, you're right. You're currently making the right decision. Head over to broad-network.com and learn how we as a community of entrepreneurs lift and support each other.